Yechezkel chapter 27, once again, continuing the prophecy about Tyre, the prophecy of Tzor, and it begins, V'yata ben Adam saw al Tzor kina. So Yechezkel is instructed to intone a dirge about Tzor. We've seen in the book of Yechezkel, sometimes it's a mashal, sometimes it's a chida, a riddle, and more than once, it's a dirge, it's a kina. Chapter 27 is a remarkable chapter in terms of the language and the way Yechezkel uh, describes Tsar is quite remarkable. Beginning in verse number 2, and Tsar, of course, is described, Hayoshevet al mivo'otiam, you will dwell at the gateway of the sea. Rochevet ha'amim eliyim rabim who trade, rochelet, a rochel is one who trades, a dealer, a trader, eliyim rabim, on many, many coastlands. He was a central place of trade for the coastlands. Ko amar Hashem elokim, tzor, at amart ani kalilot yofi. Tzor, you boasted, I am perfect in beauty. Bolev yamim gvulayich, your frontiers were on the high seas. Your builders perfected your beauty. And now we have an unbelievable description of Tsar, who is in Tsar, who works with Tsar, and the kind of trade, the kind of dealings that Tsar has. And Yechezkel, in the next many verses, mentions all different places in the world and what they bring from these places. It's a quite a remarkable exposition, actually. I'll read it in the English here. A few verses. It goes on about 20 verses. From cypress trees of Sinir, they, fesh- they fashioned your planks. Sinir. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make a mass for you. From oak trees of Bashan, they made your oars. Boxwood from the Isles of Kitim, Inlaid with ivory, they made your decks. Embroidered linen from Egypt was the cloth that served you for sails. Blue and purple from the coast of Elisha were your awnings. The inhabitants of Sidon and Arvad were your rowers. Your skilled men were within you. O Tyre, they were your pilots. Gibal's elders and craftsmen were within you, making your repairs. All the ships of the sea with their crews were in your harbor to traffic in your wares. Men of Paras, Ulud, Put were in your army, your fighting men. They hung shields and helmets in your midst. They went splendid to you. Men of Arvan and Helech manned your walls all around. Men of Gamad were stationed in your towers. They hung your quivers about your walls. They perfected your beauty. Tarshish traded with you. Verse 13, Yavan, Tubal, and Meshech. They were your merchants. They trafficked with you in human beings and copper utensils. From Beit Togamah, they bought it horses, horsemen, and mules for your wares. The people of Dedan were your merchants. In 16, Aram traded with you. 17, Judah. Judah and the land of Israel were your merchants. They trafficked with you in wheat of Minis and Panag, honey, oil, and balm. Damascus in the next verse. Verse 19, Vidan and Yavan from Uzal traded. Verse 20. Dedan was your merchant, 21. Arabia and Okedar's chiefs, 22. The merchants of Shivan and Ramah were your merchants. They bought it for your wares. 
Verse 23, Haran, Kaneh, and Eden, the merchants of Sheva, Syria, and Kumar traded with you. So there's a panoply here. There's a description of all nations of the world trading the commerce, the wise men within Tsar. In a word, Kuiwat Yofi, perfected beauty. And you get a sense of a little place off the Mediterranean coast that is the center of the world and has dominion, dominion over the seas. The word yam here is very central. They are merchants of the sea. They have dominion over the sea. And eventually they will be destroyed by the sea. So, for example, in verse 26, B'mayim rabim heviuch hashotim otcha ruach hakadim shivarech b'lev yamim Your oarsmen brought you out into the mighty waters. The tempest wrecked you on the high seas. The previous verse, verse 25, on the yot tarshi sharutayich marvech you were rich and fully laden. In the heart of the sea, in the midst of the sea. It's actually very interesting when you think about the Torah and the Torah's description of God's sovereignty. It is true that in the very first chapter of the Torah, the Torah describes the tripartite description of creation is land, is sea and heaven. When you get beyond Genesis chapter 1 and you look at the Chumash, what seems to be emphasized in the Torah is primarily the God of heaven and the God of earth. Hashem elokei hashamayim aretz, the God of heaven and the God of earth. And in truth, the sea plays a very, very minor role in the Torah. The God of the seas the place where we do have it is the crossing of the sea. And the crossing of the sea recalls for us many of these stories of the ancient Near East where the forces, where the powers contest with each other, fight with each other, and they are the, the, the forces of the deep and the forces of the sea, of Tahom, of Yam. And the soul of the sea recalls that. And the soul of the sea has the God of Israel one might say, now we're taking on the other forces, but using these forces to destroy God's enemies. God uses Yam to destroy the Egyptians. And the Torah said that God had said, And the story of the Exodus, God said to Moshe, and I will wage war against the gods of Egypt, not just the Pharaoh, not just the enslavers, but the gods of Egypt as well. So in studying the Exodus story, we look at the Egyptian people and the pharaoh and the leadership and the structures of government and all the oppression. But there's another war going on. So it's very interesting. In our chapter, in chapter 27, we have this nation. It may be a small nation on one hand, but it's a nation that claims sovereignty over the sea. And Actually, later on, it's actually even explicit in the next chapter that we'll get to soon. Chapter 28 is explicit. In, destroy, in describing the destruction of Tsar, 
In verse number 8 of the next chapter, They will bring you down to the pit, to the bar. We'll get to that later. In the heart of the sea you will die, the death of the slain. Will you say to them, I am a God, before your slayers? When you are, you are proved a human, not a God, at the hands of those who strike you down. Earlier in chapter 28, it describes Tzor, and it says about Tzor, Surely, says God, you have deemed your mind equal to a God's. I will bring against you strangers, the most, most ruthless of nations. So Tzor actually is being held up as a nation that says, because of their unbelievable success, and because one might say, their control of the world. Because they are the center of the economic center of the world. That's what they're described in this dirge and this uh, prophecy about Tzor. And that led them to believe that they are godlike. So God takes on Tzor. Tzor becomes, in the book of Yechezkel, a symbol of human kingship, which Yechezkel sees as contrary to, contradictory to God's sovereignty, which at the end of the day is what the book of Yechezkel is all about. This will become quite clear in the book of Yechezkel. So Tzor is singled out, not necessarily because of historical situation, they're rather minor, but because Tsar gives Yechezkel an opportunity to put forward and to reinforce the basic idea of his book. So this is chapter 27. We have this incredible description of all these various nations and what goods are brought from what each nation. Yechezkel seems to have a very good sense about each particular nation, what they trade in, and describes it with quite incredible language. His virtuosity when it comes to language is quite astonishing. And of course, they're going to fall in the sea. At the very end of chapter 27, we have, Yechezkel says, When you fall into the sea, says Yechezkel, the nations of the world are going to mourn you. They will have their own dirge. Yechezkel is told in this chapter to have his dirge, and they're going to have their own dirge, and the dirge is found in verse number 32 of chapter 27, the end of the chapter. Who was like Tyre when she was silenced in the midst of the sea? When your wares, Izvonayach, wares could be exports, when the things you sent out were unloaded from the waters, you satisfied many nations. With your great wealth and merchandise, you enriched the kings of the earth. But when you were wrecked in the sea, in the deep waters, sank your merchandise and the crew aboard you. All the inhabitants of the coast are appalled over you. Their kings are aghast, their faces contort. 
Sochamim Bamim, Shoku Alayach Balahotayit, Vien Khadoram, the merchants among the peoples hissed you, you have become a hara and ceased to be forever. So it's not about Tsar, the nations of the world, the coastlands, all the nations, and especially the kings, are shocked and horrified by the downfall of Tsar. Now there's something interesting, and I conclude with the thought about the last verse. It says in the last verse, you have become a horror, you have ceased to be forever. That's what it says here. The problem is that we'll see later in Yechezkel, there are verses which seem to contradict that. Tyre does not cease to be forever. They may cease to be a force forever, an economic center forever, but they don't cease to be forever. And the book of Yechezkel takes note of that later on in verses that would seem to contradict what we read over here. But we'll see that soon as we continue through the prophecies about the nations.